Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Yeah, baby! We are here, um, and this is going to be in a series of podcast episodes on body positivity, I guess, accepting yourself as you are today, and, you know, really pushing up against the standards that I feel like society puts on us, and for me personally, and I could probably speak for Sarah too, something that we've, I don't know, struggled with, fought up against, I don't know, something our entire lives. (laughs) (laughs) Since, I don't even know. I'd like to think back to that, you know, first time, but yeah, it's been forever. So um, yeah, so that's what we're chatting about today. And we have a very special guest. Yes, everyone, please help us welcome Liz Fever. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much, Sarah and Amy. I am so excited to be here to join what I feel like is my club. Yes. By therapists. Yes. Yes. This is a role that I feel like I have taken on in my life so many times (laughs) Um, as the advice giver, as Mm -hmm. the person who people feel like they can open up to and come to when they have questions or things are going on and they need that extra support. So as soon as this opportunity to get up in front and say, yes, I am an unqualified therapist. Let me share with you my words of wisdom with the warriors. Yes. I'm very excited. We're so excited to have you. Oh, girl, I just got chills. We're so happy you're here. So, so happy that you are here to join in this conversation with us. Yes. Liz is on Instagram as Liz Wears What, and she is the self-love stylist. And she encourages you to ditch the rules and dress authentically. And she brings confidence into your closet. So Liz, tell us a little bit about your journey and um, your role as an influencer and the, a self-love stylist. Sure. Wow. First of all, thank you for such a sweet introduction. Um, so yeah, you know, Liz Wears What is an Instagram account that I started in 2017. I was just starting to get some support and some 
help and guidance around my anxiety, my depression. And I was really starting to recognize that a lot of my relationship with my body, my relationship with food and exercise wasn't the greatest. And I've always loved fashion. So I thought, all right, Instagram, I enjoy posting photos. I love being able to interact with friends. I'm going to start posting my outfits. Yeah. Well, (laughs) just started taking those mirror selfies, putting them out on the internet. And then as time went on, I connected with so many folks in the community here in Philly, um, whether it was friends who are boudoir photographers. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my dear friend Cheyenne Gill, who photographs all bodies um, and started connecting with other folks who we're starting to kind of talk about this idea of body acceptance, about showing up fully in the body that we're in right now. And my connection with this kind of community of folks who are really trying to create change, talk about bodies in a way that I had never thought about my own body before, um, really helped me step out of my comfort zone, make the decision to really take care of the vessel that I get to spend my life in. Mm. And before I knew it, people were asking me, oh, how do you stay confident? How do you wake up and look in the mirror every day and just decide today's going to be a good day in this body right now? Yes. Yeah. Like I said, unqualified therapist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And with all of that, you know, this kind of what started as an account for me to document my outfits and for me to be able to show up fully as myself turned into me kind of picking up on this desire within myself to give other women the opportunity to do that too. Yeah. I love that. I've always loved fashion. I worked in retail when I was in high school. I've always loved clothes. So for me, the natural kind of next step, the natural way that I could help kind of fill a role in this community was to start talking about clothes. Yeah. How can I shop my values? How can I find clothing that's going to fit not only my body, but the body of somebody smaller and the body of somebody larger than I am? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How can I bring this conversation to folks? Because we have to get dressed every day, right? Yeah, and yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> right? Yes. For some of us, weekends are the time. Okay? Not going to dress. But most of us have to put clothes on at some point during the day, whether we're walking out to the mailbox or we're going to Target, we're going into the office. So I wanted to bring some of this celebration of body and some of this ease that I found in be able, being able to just show up fully in this love that I have for my body and for all bodies. And that's how the self-love stylist was born. I love it. It's a great story. It's been a very strange journey, I must say. (laughs) If you would have asked me in 2017 when I, again, was just like taking mirror selfies and talking about how I was sick of wearing clothes that were flattering, I was gonna wear whatever I wanted, If you would have said to me then, oh, someday, like you're going to be the self-love stylist and you're going to be helping other people pick out clothes that make them feel 
excited to get dressed in the morning, make them feel like they can really be themselves, I probably would have laughed in your face. (laughs) But I'm so thankful that, you know, looking back, I made the decision to show up for myself. And now not only do I get to show up for myself every day, but I get to show up for other folks too. So it makes me me very, very thankful. Um, And I'm so lucky that I get to connect with folks like you and other folks who are doing this work of showing up and giving other folks permission to do the same. I can't tell you how important your Instagram account is for me personally. Yeah. To see someone representing the body type that I also share, you know, we have similar body types. And so to see how amazing you look and these gorgeous outfits that you wear or when you're just in your like underwear and bra and you look amazing and confident and beautiful. And I'm like, yes, that helps me so much in my daily struggle with, you know, we say we all have to get dressed, you know, at some point during the day. Sometimes I don't want to because I don't want to have to try to find something that I'm comfortable in and that I don't feel like frumpy. And so looking at your account every day and following you for the past, probably, I think I've been following you for about six months, something like that is, is so important to me personally. So I just want to thank you for that. Thank you so much, Sarah. That is so kind. (laughs) I I (laughs) think that that we all need to know too. And so I'm glad you said that, Sarah, because I think we need to know what we're doing, like really does matter. So you're, Instagram account, as much as Sarah and I are working so hard on this, we all have days, right? And so looking at that gives me like the, okay, all right, all right. Like a little nudge in the other direction. If I was headed down that old path, I can like turn and like go back to the, where I was like wanting to go into this acceptance. (laughs) And so it is, I'm sure you don't wake up and maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you have a magic pill. Um, every day feeling as confident as you share with us. I don't know. Is that, do you? I absolutely do not. (laughs) I do not have a magic pill. If I did, I would absolutely share it with everybody that I know um, because that would be incredible. But I think, you know, first of all, thank you both so much. It's so, so kind. And, you know, for me, being able to, share that confidence and energy with folks, even on those days when I may not be feeling the greatest. It also helps me kind of pivot and flip the script a little bit to say, you know what? I am a fucking badass. Yeah. Am am I allowed to say that? Yes. Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And then then some, girl. And then some. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Yes. There's always – I love that moment in podcasts. I feel like this happens all the time where people are like – It does. Am I allowed to swear? I'm so yes. naughty. I love it. <laughs> no, you're in the right place I'm for allowed. that. <laughs> I get to show up and say, you know what? I am a fucking badass. Yeah. I am hot. Yes. Like, look at this body. Okay. Right. And some days it is, yes, I'm wearing clothes. <laughs> some days it's, oh, there she goes again out there in her undies. I love it. And some mornings, trust me, I get up and I want to put on leggings and a sweatshirt and curl up and I don't want to face the day. Yeah. There are other days, 
including a day a couple of weeks ago where I was wearing an outfit that I loved. I felt like a badass. I was walking out to my car, strutting my stuff. I slipped and fell on a patch of ice that I didn't see. <laughs> so like not every day is sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. And sometimes I fall on my ass too. Yeah. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Because guess what? I got back up. Somehow I didn't rip a hole in my tights, thank God. And I went on with my day. These types of moments happen all the time, right? Yes. Where we're like, mm-hmm. there's a bump in the road, not feeling great. Whoop. Woke up, you know, not feeling great about myself, looked in the mirror, felt a little down. Yeah. My hope is that folks start to accept when those moments happen. Mm-hmm. And rather than taking that on as who you are, where your worth stems from, this is a moment in time. Let that feeling wash over you. Yes. Pull out your favorite jeans, your favorite t-shirt, put on something that's comforting, mm-hmm. that makes you feel excited about just being able to show up even in the small ways. Tomorrow's a new day. Yes. Yes. You um, helped me by, I was cracking up from your post, I think it was yesterday, the day before, about how you felt personally victimized by a the denim jumpsuit. jumpsuit. <laughs> oh my God, it was so funny. Because I've been there so many times where I have to grab my husband and I'm like, I'm stuck. Help me, please. (laughs) It used to happen on a daily basis with sweaty sports bras, but I haven't worked out in quite some time. But like the sweaty sports bra would get me every single time where I I couldn't get it off. It was on there. I could not. Yes. I had it off. Yes. I'm like, you have to get this off. My sweet partner was taking a nap. And I, like, got this jumpsuit that I'm renting. It's, like, an all-denim jumpsuit. It's super cute. I took it in the bathroom, and I was like, I'm just going to get ready. I got it on. It was too – there was something about it. Yeah. I'm a short person. Yeah. The legs were too long. The waist wasn't – where I wanted it to be, it was just a little bit snug. And I was going to a friend's house. We are going to be relaxing, chilling. Yeah. You know, this might have been something that I would wear to a photo shoot mm-hmm. or something that I was going to be out for a little bit. But it mm-hmm. was going to be a chill night. So yeah. it was a no. Well, I go into the bedroom and I'm like, babe, babe, I'm so sorry. I need you to get, this, <laughs> get me out of this. He's like trying to pull it off of me. He's like... Either I'm going to hurt you or I'm going to hurt the jumpsuit. So which one is it going to (laughs) be? I'm like, just get it off. Just get it off. You know, like freaking dislocating a shoulder trying to get out of this thing. I mean, and clients tell me all the time, I can't do, quote unquote, can't do jumpsuits. I can't do something fitted. What if I get trapped in it? Well, guess what? It might happen. <laughs> Just make sure that you have a neighbor who you really yeah, like. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or somebody close to you can call who can peel you out of it. But, man, that was – it's another reminder that these things happen yeah. to literally everyone. No matter how put together we look or we may look – day to day on social media or when you check in every now and again to see, oh, what's Liz been up to? I've been trapped in a jumpsuit. I've fallen on the ice. (laughs) 
it's I feel a whole like world. jumpsuits don't discriminate. I feel like smaller people than us also get trapped in. That is exactly it. Yes. And and I love what you said about it, too. You were like, this is not your fault. This is the no. clothing's fault. Oh, my God. And, like, it just is a matter of fact. Yeah. Like, yeah. my body is fucking perfect. And your jumpsuit is wrong. <laughs> it is. Your jumpsuit was wrong. Yeah. You know, for me, and then I start thinking, like, oh, well, maybe if I just sized up. Girl, just accept that a long sleeve jumpsuit is too much work. Yeah, Could you imagine if you went somewhere and you were like, oh no, I, got I really have to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're stuck. You'd be done. Yeah. You could yeah. not go out alone in something like no, that. No, no, no. Sure. Um, so oh, I, I have a question. I connected on some, uh, and I'm sure that Sarah felt the same way, but do you teach a class? Do you teach yoga? Do you teach something? Yeah. Because so I. Well, there was there was just a part that that really spoke to me, and I felt so seen, um, where people are like, "You're the teacher, like you're you're gonna be the instructor," and I'm like, <laughs> "You know I've what heard I mean?" That multiple times. Like I I really d- it 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 is so hard for me to like. As most of the time I'm okay with it, but sometimes I'm like, motherfucker, like I'm strong. Like I will take you down. But, but you know, there is this idea that people who look like us can't instruct fitness. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard. Again, want to give a quick name drop. My dear friend, Lauren Lavelle, Lauren Lavelle Fitness on Instagram. Yeah. She has been a dear friend of mine for years now and is a size inclusive bar instructor and fitness instructor. And she really helped me on my own journey and coming back to fitness after having a really obsessive and disordered relationship with Mm -hmm. moving my body. She was one of the only people that I could trust in helping me show up in my body to move and not feel that judgment, not feel that kind of, you know, pair of eyes looking and thinking like, oh, this person's going to like come and do the class or let alone thinking that I could step in front of a class and then be somebody who guides folks through movement. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very thankful that I have a really wonderful community of folks who come to the studio where I teach. And I don't often get that kind of like, oh, you're the teacher look. Um, But certainly as things were kicking off, the studio that I work at is called The Well Studio. We're located in Fishtown in Philly. Um, And we just opened this past summer. And there were certainly some times where new folks would be coming. And I was starting to feel a little like, oh, not only am I the biggest person in the class, but I'm also the person who's at the front of the room. I'm moving my body. I'm speaking (laughs) and trying to like project my voice there's music going I'm panting I can't breathe I'm drinking my water there's sweat in my eyeballs again if you would have come to Liz when Liz Where's What began in 2017 and said you're going to be a person who's going to be leading movement classes you're going to be doing a yoga teacher training I would have laughed in your face yeah When a friend came to me and said, I really would love to have you teach this class at the studio that I'm opening, Um, my dear friend Marissa Nash, she really opened my eyes to 
these gifts that I have that mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to recognize, yeah. but that she was able to see in me. And I think this really ties back into this piece of community, right? Because the people who have allowed me to be myself, to mm. show up fully, to be silly and weird and try new things and put myself out there have all been people who saw something in me that I couldn't see myself. Yeah. And rather than trying to use that or exploit it in some way or ignore it, they gently guided me and allowed me to recognize those things within myself so that I could show up. Whether that was, come get a boudoir shoot. I'm starting a boudoir photography company. You'll be in your underwear. It'll be fine. Yeah. Or, hey, check out all these clothing brands that are size inclusive. I feel like you would love them. Hey, I think you would be a great leader and somebody who can lead a group and has the confidence to be able to keep people moving in an hour-long fitness class. All things that I would have never seen within myself or never even considered saying yes to until I created this community of folks around me who said, you know what? We are here to show up for ourselves and for each other, so let's freaking do it. Yeah. I think it's so important that we all continue to be that for one another. I know that that's something that Amy and I have been trying to do more in our lives, not just with each other, but with other people. Because um, we've both sent texts where it's like, just I'm thinking this about you and I wanted to tell you that I'm thinking this about you. Um, you know, I think that you're amazing and um, just get, just letting the other person know the beautiful qualities that we see in them. Because like you said, it's hard to see that in ourselves sometimes. And so to surround ourselves with people who are willing to speak up and say what they see in us is so important. And that's why communities online like this are so, so important for yeah. life now. And with us being more closed off with the pandemic and spending a lot more time online and in communities that are online, um, I think that people just need to remember that and take the opportunity to say, like, if I'm thinking something positive about someone, I should say it, even if it's online. So if you see a gorgeous picture of someone, comment and tell them that you think they look gorgeous. If you enjoyed a class by somebody, tell them that you enjoyed it and what you enjoyed about it and then tell somebody else about mm -hmm. it. Like just that kind of support. And I think that it's been held back for so long. I think that as women, when we are girls, we are raised with this different way of thinking of this competitiveness of this, like we have to stand against everyone else instead of with everyone else. And we can all lift one another up. It's, you know, we were just talking to Roberta Blevins last week and she said like, there's enough room at the table. Like we're going to add leafs and we're going to add chairs and all of us can sit at the table together. It doesn't, we don't have to, you know, take turns. And I just think that we have to, for, I, I think that's probably one of my intentions, I guess, that I'm going to set for myself for this year is to just to speak up more and to be more verbal about what I see in others. Because you're right, like there are things that I never saw in myself until somebody pointed them out and I thought, oh, I can do that. <laughs> that make that makes sense. <laughs> so thank you know, thank you for that. And um yeah, let's all try to try to be better. And I and I feel like Liz exactly what Sarah's saying is that you are encouraging people to um, support one another. This idea of competitiveness 
I think it was ingrained in us when we were younger as women. And um, this idea that there's not enough room at the table. Like if I succeed, then you're going to fail because we can't both succeed. And I wonder how much of that is in the body image category as well, right? Like, like you, I don't know. I feel like there's something about that competitiveness that makes us want to judge (laughs) or find other people's bodies repulsive or wants us to not look the way we look now. I don't know. I, I feel like that there's something about that. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. This idea that we have been socialized to compete with other women is something that I think about very often, especially with the rise of social media. I think it's even more prevalent now than it may have been 10 or 15 years ago, because all day we are blasted with images of people who are different than us in so many ways. And I think we, you know, we kind of think back to those days of our childhoods, right, where somebody would make a comment, whether it was a parent, a family member, a friend, look at what so-and-so has. Look at so-and-so, so happy in their relationship. Look at so-and-so enjoying their time on the basketball team. Look at that like athletic person and their achievements. Look at so-and-so and their relationship with their family, whatever it might be. We were always looking outward, right? We're always looking at other yeah. people to gain acceptance. Right. We want people to think that I'm pretty, I'm smart, I'm athletic, I'm friendly. You know, I want to be the homecoming queen and the class clown mm-hmm. and, you know, fill all of those accolades and show up as this person who people think is cool and, you know, or, you know, when it comes to bodies, I want to show up as whatever version of quote unquote hot or sexy mm-hmm. is out there right now. Right. Yeah. We've totally seen that change over our lifetimes. I think that this competitive kind of nature, we're competing for attention, we're competing for romantic mm-hmm. love in most cases. You know, that narrative is you're competing for the love of a cishet Prince Charming man. <laughs> um, and that's that's what your job is. Yeah, Your job is to be on top, to have the hottest husband, the best job, the most money, the coolest car, the best body, the best vacation. The list goes on and on, right? I think for me, a turning point when it came to this kind of competitive outlook, especially when it comes to bodies, was being able to recognize when I started feeling those judgments coming up, whether it was, oh man, that person is so buff and lean and they look incredible and they can wear whatever clothes they want. That's the body that I want. Mm -hmm. Or the opposite end, seeing somebody who is larger than me and feeling judgment about that. I'm not an innocent angel person. Those feelings absolutely still come up for me, but it's something that I've been able to recognize and say, hold on, first of all, What's going on in here? What's going on in the heart right now? Yeah. This has nothing to do with that person or their body. This has to do with me. What's coming up for me? Am I anxious? Am I tired? Have I not had my breakfast or coffee this morning? 
What do I need to like focus on myself? And then how can I come back to this later and think, why was I so judgmental? Why am I still holding on to fat phobia? Why am I still holding on to this socialization that I need to be better than everybody else? No. Yeah. (laughs) Take a step back, girlfriend. Remember how important this idea of body liberation is, and that's something that I am so fiercely tied to. It's this idea that all bodies deserve to be treated equal. We should not have to deal with the stigma that Mm. folks in larger bodies face. And folks should be able to live their lives completely and fully, no matter their size. Coming back home to that and coming back home to me and my body Mm -hmm. and what's going on for me has been the way that I have been able to kind of take that judgment and, and face it. Yeah. Give myself the opportunity to grow and change and be better and call, call myself out. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, was there a point in time, like a turning point in your life? Because you did mention that at some point in time, you did have, um, body image, uh, concerns and weren't feeling great. So like, when was there a shift for you to be able to say, no, I am hot. I am beautiful. I am sexy. And I'm going to embrace this. Was there like a a moment or was this like a gradual thing that happened? So I think there were probably a couple of kind of key moments in time that really helped me kind of shift my mindset. I will say that for me, I have always been a person who's lived in a larger body. I was always the tallest when I, when we were, you know, in elementary or middle school, I was always one of the tallest girls. I was always a larger person in my friend groups. Um, but I've always, I've also always been a small fat person. Um, so I've never been a person who's been like a mid or a larger fat folks who often face a lot more stigma than I might in what a lot of people might deem a more societally accepted small fat body. Um, but I always felt like the bigger, the biggest girl, the person who was always like, going into stores, shopping with friends and having to pull the biggest size out from the bottom of the pile. Or I always had to ask if they had a larger size in the back or could I order it online? And I think that I started kind of noticing those things in high school, in college, but it wasn't something that I was spending all of my time thinking about. And I think when things started to shift Um, Once I graduated college, I was working full-time, living on my own. My obsession with shrinking my body started to grow. I started seeing folks on social media who were sharing their shrinking bodies. Mm -hmm. Hey, look at this before and after. And thinking, oh my God, well, if they could do that, then Mm -hmm. maybe I could be smaller. And then maybe if I'm smaller, then I'll be happier. And... My, I'll have more energy. My anxiety will go away. I'll be able to wear the clothes that I want and not have to order stuff online because I can't find my size in the store. The laundry list of reasons why I would want to shrink my body. Mm-hmm. Exercise and food became something that took up most of my brain space. If I wasn't working, I was exercising. I was missing out on 
dates with my partner, hang out time with his family, going to dinner with friends, because I was so concerned about A, getting in enough exercise and B, what I was putting into my body. Yeah, right. It's so interesting because I think back to when I started the Liz Wears What account, I think kind of subconsciously I was starting to think about a lot of these things and bring to the forefront of my mind this idea that I could accept the body that I was in and I could show up just as I was. But I still had this fear of getting larger, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, maybe I'm not going to be so obsessed with food and exercise, but I just want to maintain. Like, I just want to stay where I'm at. About this time, I was also getting um, my master's degree and I took a multicultural counseling class. And in that class, (laughs) we were all sitting around talking about, um, you know, working with a therapist and working with folks that come from different backgrounds. And I just remember having this like light bulb moment where I was like, I need to get help. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to go see a therapist. I shouldn't be obsessing about my body every day. I shouldn't be crying every day. I shouldn't be feeling so overwhelmed with life. Yeah. And have so much of that be focused on what my body looks like. I think in the back of my mind, I was already there. I was already coming to this point where I couldn't do the things I was doing anymore. But for some reason in this class, I feel like I'll never forget. I was like, I need to get help. (laughs) And I started seeing a therapist. I started taking medication for my anxiety and depression. I started really showing up as myself, getting rid of clothes that didn't fit, Mm -hmm. wearing things that felt comfortable to me, having the opportunity to kind of take a step back from movement and food and be in that phase of fuck diet culture. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my own thing. And I feel like the pendulum swings, right? Yeah, for sure. And it took some some time to get to this point of kind of like a middle ground. Mm -hmm. I still have bad days. I still have those moments where I think back and I'm like, damn, I could go back there really easily, right? Yeah. I could just say forget it. It's so easy to go back. It It's easier to go back than to continue forward. And it's unfortunate because I feel like even when we're just trying to be healthy, our doctors will try to push you to do go back, right? You know, like, well, are you, how many times a week are you working out and for how long? And, and what are you eating? And are you sure? Maybe you need a food diary. And I'm like, if I do a food diary, I'm telling you right now, I'm going right back to my eating disorder. I promise you. And they would be like, well, I don't know. I think maybe, no, like stop. I know what's best for me, but I still think that no matter how hard I try, if I just want to be healthy, it's really hard for people to accept that I could be healthy at this size. Yeah. What? Tell me how. (laughs) What do you do? (sighs) How do you convince people? I, I try to tell people, I'm like, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Like I am more physically fit. I, you know, mentally am making, you know, making strides and getting healthier. Even though I'm larger, I take up space. I just feel like I need to just keep saying that. I take up space. That happens. And, and, but that, the thing is, is that we can be okay with that. Like 
Amy's okay with taking up space. Sarah's okay with taking up space. Liz is okay with taking up space. But the people around us yes. are not okay with yes. us taking up space. Preach. So it's like, how do you do you do anything about that? Or are you just like, live your life fuck and it. fuck them? <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Because, number one, you don't owe your health to anybody. Health yeah. is not a moral standard. Not all of us get to be healthy, and that's totally fine. Yeah. <sighs> you don't owe your health to anybody, and you are allowed to take up space in whatever way feels incredible for you. I think folks get caught up in this idea of health as, again, as a moral standard, which mm-hmm. it is not. Yes, you're right. And guess what? It's more about you than it is about me. If my fat body bothers you, you can look at somebody else. <laughs> turn know turn your head. You. Right. Yeah, Unfollow. I don't know what to tell you. I, you want to exploit fat bodies to gain profit as a fashion company. Yes. You want to lift up fat bodies as being so brave and cool and, wow, we're so accepting. And yet, you can't just accept me for who I am and how I live and how I take up space. You have to health troll me and say that you're concerned about me. Look inward. Yeah. Look inward. I see what you did there because I was even doing it if you heard me. I was trying to convince, not convince, I was trying to tell everyone else I am healthy, right? Because you're absolutely right. Like it should be fine no matter what the fuck I am. But we are conditioned to do that, to say that. Yep. I got to tell you that I'm I'm healthy. I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm confident. Yeah. So that I can prove to other people that I'm okay. Yeah. I yeah. found that when I let that go, I'm actually so much more okay with myself yeah. than any time that I've ever tried to prove to somebody that I'm healthy, that I'm okay. It's a wall, right? It's this mask that we hold. And as larger people, even earlier, Sarah, when you were talking about getting dressed and feeling frumpy and feeling like a little blah about how we look, as larger as people who live in larger bodies, whether you identify as a fat person, curvy, plus size, whatever floats your boat, we have been told that we have to hold up this mask. We have to prove that we are worthy, that we are okay that we are taking care of ourselves. If we wear leggings and a t-shirt, we look frumpy and not put together. If we don't go to the gym, we're unhealthy. All of these things we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves just plain aren't true. And there's just something to really be said for being able to reflect on how we wanna show up fully in the world and how we don't have to prove to anybody that we're doing that. Our worth is not in our health, in our bodies. It's all in in the inside. I'm holding my heart, yeah. dear listeners. <laughs> and once we can tap into that for ourselves, it opens up this world for us of being able to remind other people that it's okay. You don't have to prove your worth to anybody because I see you. Mm-hmm. As a whole human. Yeah. Like, I see you, Amy, as a whole human. <laughs> you don't have to prove to me that you're in the best shape of your life or you're working on your mental health. Right. I see you. Yeah. You're showing up. You're here. 
Absolutely. Microphones echoing and all, boo. (laughs) (laughs) And that's enough. Yeah. 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 I think that is so well said. I love that. Um, So it's something we need to remind ourselves. Yes, we do, Sarah. (laughs) And remind each other. That's right. Because it's, you know, it's like, it's funny because I'm like, I'm so evolved. But you're like, I feel like you could go a little further. But what I think also happens is that I feel like once we do start accepting ourselves and also all three of us have platforms where we use our voices and our, you know, our voices and typing and whatever else that we take up space and we make people uncomfortable who's, and I was this person, so no judgment, um, whose entire life is about losing weight, right? So that headspace, I think all three of us understand that where there's nothing else going on up there except like, how much did I eat? How much did I lose? Blah, 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 all of these things. And so when you live a life where that's all that matters, and then you meet someone that they're like, that's actually not all that matters. And there's another way to live. They're like, wah! (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, either they don't like you or they run or they fat shame you or they, I don't even know. They could do all sorts of things, but it's, it's just because, um, you know, and I think in another, in another lifetime, what you would have just said to me, Liz, would have offended me. Right. Where instead I'm like, no, like, absolutely. You're right. Because I can see, I can just see it differently now. And so I think it's hard to, um, I don't know. I I don't, I don't ever want, I want people to understand I'm not judging you, even if you're still on the diet train. Like, I just want you to know exactly like you just said, I love you for you, not for what you ate and what you worked out. Yes. And it's hard, right? Because, and I was actually listening to, um, a podcast yesterday where a dietitian was talking about how we can kind of call in folks who are still in that place, right? And it's scary. It feels like a lot to be like, guess what? You don't have to diet. Guess what? Mm -hmm. It's okay to like let it go and relax Mm -hmm. and explore and enjoy your body, food, all of these things. And like you said, sometimes people turn away from that they run they're like oh my god no I can't like let that go yeah it's too scary what happens if I gain weight what happens if I look different what happens if when I change I lose relationships all of these thoughts start to come for folks and I think that my hope is that with more folks considering what it can look like to give ourselves grace to show up in the bodies that we are now and not are in now and not feel like we have to change them. My hope is that folks feel like those are gentle reminders and that it's okay to still be in that place. Yeah. It's not like every day I wake up and I don't think about food or exercise. I move, I eat, I'm a human being, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's not like I went from obsessing to no thoughts at all. Yeah. There's that middle ground that we can find where we can enjoy some gentle nutrition, where we can Mm -hmm. enjoy some beautiful, joyful movement that makes us excited and happy without feeling like we have to be on this, either it's black or it's white. Right. What is in that nuance? And that is the scary part. That is the part that intimidates people. My hope is that the work that we do offers folks 
a little bit of a different point of view, but also shows that we we have compassion, right? Right. We've been there. The reason that we do the work that we do and that we show up is because we want to help you explore that nuanced space and that gray area because we've been where you have been. I can see myself in so many Mm -hmm. folks who Mm -hmm. I meet and interact with and there's no shame placed upon them. There's no judgment. But if you're open to it, come with me into this weird gray area. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Be free with us. (laughs) Yes. We can hang out, learn together, challenge each other, grow together. If we're sticking in one place on one end of the spectrum – we don't get to see all of the greatness that life has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. I love that example too, because living in the gray area also allows us and gives us the permission to have a bad day about it, to have a bad moment, you know, 15 minutes about it in the morning and then to be able to turn that around. So you don't have to say like, I am 100% confident about my body 100% of the time. Like, or, you know, I, I just feel like shit about how I look all the time. Like it's, there's no, there can be this, like, there can be a roller coaster because that is what life is, you know? And so we can give ourselves the permission to be like, oh, I hate the way I look in this thing and be like, okay, well, that's all right. Let me find something that I don't hate the way I look in. I literally got peeled out of a jumpsuit and then <laughs> and then I had to put on other clothes and still go see yeah. my friends. Hey warriors, this is only just the beginning of our conversation with Liz Fever. She is going to drop some awesome knowledge on us if you stay tuned. We are going to get some tips from her on how to dress to feel confident. And when you're just feeling like shit, like we just talked about standing in front of the mirror, getting ready to go somewhere, she's going to tell us how to overcome that. So make sure you stay tuned. So you can hear that episode tomorrow. We will drop that one. And for our Patreons, go ahead and listen to it right now. Check it out on Patreon. Both episodes will be there ready for you to listen to. So if if you don't want to wait, join us. Yeah. Become um, a, I don't even want to say a fan, become part of this partnership with us and join Patreon so that you can help us with all of the things that we're doing on this podcast. Yes, it's it's a lovely little community and we are looking to try to build that up and get some more conversation going and it's a great place to begin to do that. And you get fun stuff like you get your shit early. Exactly. <laughs> so if you want to know those tips, which I'm telling you, I'm going to put in place right now. Yes, they're They're awesome. like things that you can do right now to help you out with um, some wardrobe situations. Confidence. Just more confidence, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for listening and tune in for part two. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Follow us on Instagram at unqualifiedtherapists, where you will find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. Until next week, warrior... 
Hold on. We're gonna make it. Say it now, say it proud, shout it out, make it where we go.